Welcome to She Ops Out. I'm your host, Mandy, connecting and empowering the wiser female adventurer. And we're excited to have you guys adventure with us today on another episode. Um, super excited to have uh, three powerhouse women and introduce you to some new friends. We got Jen, Berkeley, and Teresa of James River Women with us today. Thank you guys for taking time out of your schedules and making this happen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm excited you guys are here uh, for many reasons, but um, you each are very busy. So I do appreciate you taking time out to talk to SheOps Out and introduce um, you to our community uh, of women as well. Um, but before we deep dive into each of you individually, can you give me, whether it's Jen, Teresa, or Berkeley, uh, an idea or talk to us about what is James River Women? Um, this is Jen. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, in, in a very general sense, it is a group that wants to advocate for women and femme identifying folks, um, to be introduced to whitewater, to grow in the sport, to, um, have a safe space to flourish in it, um, where it is normally like a uh, male-dominated sport. Um, I don't know if Teresa or Berkeley want to add anything to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's really great that James River Women creates that safe space for learning because that's something that's really hard to find when you're first starting to kayak or do any sort of whitewater sport. And so I think that we really focus on facilitating the learning process and reaching out to people who are not necessarily as frequently represented in the sport of kayaking and whitewater. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's exactly um, how She Ups Out kind of got started as well, just to kind of get a safe space that's inclusive for people to come out and be able to experience different things about our park systems here locally. Um, mm -hmm. How do you have a lot of new beginners that get out on the water with you? Yeah, I'd say that that's primarily the people who are signing up are beginners because the people who are already really established paddlers, a lot of times they already kind of have their group that they paddle with pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. And so it's the beginners who like haven't really found their people yet who are still really new to the community who really benefit from having the organized paddles. So our upper laps, which we do um, more of this year now that we have gear available for people to borrow, have gotten pretty huge. Um, and a good amount of those people are people who don't have any whitewater experience. And so we're really able to give them that opportunity to try it out for the first time without any like financial investment on their part, which is really huge because it can be pretty prohibitively expensive to try to do whitewater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to get that because I know when I originally talked with Jen, um, and I'll back up because I can kind of get all over the place, but um, you guys received a grant, which I want to talk about too, which is amazing that you can help introduce this to, you know, so many different people. So Jen, I had actually reached out to you first through James River Women just because I have been following you guys for, for a long time. I totally admire it. And I'm excited to share some of the pictures in this podcast with people because um, you can just see how much you love it and all of your faces just are lit up. And Berkeley, you're the photographer in the group. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> and do you um, have a specific camera, obviously, that you use or you enjoy? <laughs> is that a hobby for you as well? <laughs> 
or is that just kind um, of fall on your lap? Yeah, it's, it's, it's something I've always done. Um, and I've just recently started doing it more in whitewater, um, which has been really fun. I don't have like a specific fancy camera. It's just like a pretty small, compact camera. Um, the way I'm able to do it on whitewater is that I have like a little dry bag that I keep in my lap, in my oh, boat. Uh, yeah. 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 So I didn't have to buy any like super expensive underwater casing or anything I just I just be real, I'm just really careful when I bring it out in the river that's awesome mm-hmm. um all right I'm going to start with Jen first I'm going to make sure I know um and kind of go through each one of you if you can share a little bit about yourself maybe what you do for a living family um where you're from and how you got started um in the outdoors or specifically with the whitewater experiences too Jen you want to give us a roll yeah. Um, so in 2017, I saw a flyer that asked if I wanted to have the best summer ever. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously that was a yes. <laughs> um, and it was for Riverside Outfitters looking for raft guides. And mm-hmm. I had never been on whitewater like in any capacity. I had been to the river. Um, around the river, but never really in the river and experienced it like that. And so uh, I thought that would be a cool way to get introduced to it. I started um, guiding in the same class as Berkeley, actually. Awesome. Um, And then through Riverside, I was introduced to a bunch of people. Um, Teresa was one of those folks and Um, Shortly after becoming a raft guide, both of them were very, um, very enthusiastic about getting me to start kayaking, which I am very appreciative of. (laughs) That's right. You did mention that to me. You started out as rafting. Okay. Yeah. And all the time they'd be like, you want to go kayaking? You want to go kayaking? And I was very freaked out at first. (laughs) Um, But having like that constant um, positive reinforcement and encouragement from them and from others uh, helped me to um, not just be introduced to kayaking, Mm -hmm. uh, but to, you know, just do it all the time (laughs) to get better at it, to go to different rivers to um, step it up little by little. Uh, So yeah, I started kayaking all the time with them and others. And um, I started working at Riverside um, full time in 2019 Mm -hmm. and started um, being on like the management end of things. And so currently I'm still doing that. I work at Riverside Outfitters um, as the paddling program director. Um, Yeah. And yeah. What else did you say? Family? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're also in the middle of a move, which is exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Moving um, and just trying to keep things simple. This is our busy season at Riverside right now, like middle of the summer, end of the summer. So just kind of grinding right now, trying to um, spend a lot of time doing James River women related things and keeping it simple. Yeah. So are you from Richmond, Jen? Yeah, I I grew up in Chesterfield, um, like adjacent of Richmond and 
went to Virginia Commonwealth University, got a bachelor's in psych, (laughs) and uh, very relevant to what I do. (laughs) Hey, I'm sure it is. You're working with people. That's relevant. It's true. Um, Yeah. Uh, So sort of close to Richmond. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And then 2017. So that was, was that your best summer ever? Did it work out? (laughs) It was. I I kept it going. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Teresa, you're up next. Yeah. So I, um, I actually started as a paddleboarder. Uh, funny how all all of our stories are connected Mm -hmm. and I would rent paddleboards from Riverside and Berkeley was actually my driver one time, um, taking my paddleboard and me to Huguenot Flatwater. Very cool. And I had been up to Riverside quite a few times to rent, um, before I invested in buying my own board. Mm Mm-hmm. And one time at the put in Berkeley was like, you should do guy training. Um, and I came out and I did a whitewater trip with Riverside on a paddleboard down the upper section, um, mm-hmm. which is class one, two and applied to be a raft guide the next year. So I think I was uh, actually the guide class right before Jen and Berkeley. So I was 2016 okay. um, and kind of the same, same thing, you know, met some folks at Riverside who were kayakers and I actually started kayaking with one of the guys in my guide class uh found out later that he had only been you know paddling for um a couple months himself and I remember being at a Riverside party and one of the more senior guides actually said to me at the time he's like you should really start paddling with the women and what I didn't know at the time is that he met with this group of women um that called themselves the James River Women Mm -hmm. um so that kind of goes back to the origin story of the organization and Mm -hmm. Um, I remember at the moment being a little offended, but then right, <laughs> right. Like, why can't I battle with the guy? Um, and so we, him and I have since talked through that conversation. That's awesome. and, and, you know, I fully understand now what it means um, to be part of a women's group and paddle with women and how it is different. And the support that comes with that mm-hmm. has been really amazing. And I think got me to where I am as a paddler and definitely paddling with the different women that were originally kind of part of this group um you know they were the ones that I would I'd be swimming out of my kayak all the time and you know I remember um, this woman Penelope would get me out of the boat and say we're going back to the top and we're doing that again and she would show me down and she's like we're going to catch every eddy and um, so that was really instrumental in my first year of learning, learning how to boat. And then from there, you know, I continued to guide at Riverside. Um, I was a teacher at the time. So mm-hmm. this was my summer job is kind of how it started. And mm-hmm. um, I've just continued to guide throughout the years and, and continued to kayak with Berkeley and Jen. It's been a lot of fun. It sounds amazing. And I can't figure out which one of you yet is the instigator. Maybe Berkeley. We'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) To push. It sounds like all of you are kind of pushing out of comfort zones, which I love. Absolutely love that, which is, you know, Jen and I talked about that too. But so Teresa, are you from Richmond? I am. Yeah. I grew up um, in kind of the lakeside area of Richmond. Sure. Um, So in Henrico County and, you know, funny enough, I didn't really even understand that there was a river in the city until I was much older. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's very easy when you especially live in the counties and, you know, I, I was, uh, I'm a little older than Jen and Berkeley. So I was born in 79 and, and the city was a different place than the in the 80s. And, um, you know, my mom didn't let me come down here. And then I'd sneak down and I discovered this like big body of water in the middle of our city. Oh, my um, God. Teresa, first of all, <laughs> you're 
you're younger than I am. And so, <laughs> so but, but um, I, same, same scenario. I mean, I really didn't explore all the trails and I was never allowed to come into the city, you know, yeah. and stuff. So it was kind of like, you know, whatever, but yeah. So we can talk about that some other time, but yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> totally get that. Cause I also, I grew up in Chesterfield County. So yeah. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't until I got a car and I started sneaking into the city that I was like, what is this river place? Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> That's so great. So great. Um, Berkeley. Yes. <laughs> um, so I did grow up in Richmond and uh, the West End. Uh, my dad was actually a whitewater kayaker when I was a little kid. And I have these like super vivid memories of him coming home from paddling in the rain because the water was up and he was trying to get like the high water. Um, and so he was always taking my brother and I down to the river just to like hop across the rocks and play in the water. Um, so I've always been like super, super drawn to the river. I think a lot of that because of him. Um, and so I really wanted to learn how to whitewater kayak because of that. But he had kind of stopped doing that um, because, you know, it kind of happens pretty regularly when when people have kids and then they start kind of realizing their own mortality. <laughs> they kind of shy away from extreme sports. Um, but in college, I actually was able to get a whitewater kayak. Um, and my dad taught me how to roll a kayak before I ever actually learned to navigate whitewater. Very cool. Um, which is pretty, pretty odd of a weird learning trajectory. Um, good, when safety, I was, good safety though for dad to do. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think he kind of regrets it sometimes after <laughs> I started running some like bigger rivers. <laughs> Um, but I, when I moved back to Richmond, I specifically sought out working for Riverside because I knew I wanted to learn how to kayak better. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that if I started working there, I would find those connections of people that could teach me and I could go with. Um, so I moved back, um, did start working at Riverside, uh, back in 2015, um, very, very early on to me being here before I really like knew people in the community. I did find someone who would take me kayaking down the lower James. Mm -hmm. Um, but also being new to the community, I didn't really like know much about what I was doing or mm -hmm. who I was paddling with, or the fact that this specific person had a reputation of throwing people into the river possibly oh <laughs> over their head. <laughs> um, so the first time I paddled the lower James was at seven feet, which is quite high. Wow. And I swam every single rapid. I like almost lost my paddle. It was a pretty terrible day. Oof. And it took me like a year to get back in a kayak after that. I yeah. paddle boarded and did other things to stay on the water, but I was very spooked about being in a kayak. Um, <laughs> So in 2016, that's when I started like finding other people who were more beginners. Like the same person that Teresa was paddling with was the same person that I started paddling with. Mm -hmm. um, and that just kind of, I found other people who were more willing to ease me into it at lower water levels. Um, and then eventually it just kind of clicked. I started paddling over other rivers, traveling a lot. Um, and here I am today. <laughs> that's awesome. um, yeah. Yeah. It was really great. Um, Nowadays, I work for VCU Health um, during the day, mm -hmm. um, but then obviously I still work at Riverside on the weekend, being a lot of shuttle driving for them. Um, still technically a RAF guy, but I'm probably gonna <laughs> phase out of that. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> not right now. You're not Berkeley. Not right now. <laughs> I have a few more weeks I'm giving them, but then I think I'm going to try to take a step back from that. But um, yeah, that's kind of my whole story. That's awesome. So where you said you moved back to Richmond, where were you living for a bit? 
Yeah, I went to college at Mary Washington up in Fredericksburg, um, which also had a river and a pretty good outdoors program that I was involved in up there, but didn't have like the same whitewater community that Richmond has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've learned and seen a lot. Um, Richmond does have such an amazing outdoor community but there's so many different ways that people can get involved, which is part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you guys this morning. But so Berkeley, you started around 2015, Teresa 2016 and Jen 2017. So you guys all kind of came into it right around the same time, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from what I understand, Jen, I think you would share with me that James River Women, the organization was kind of began around 2013. Um, you guys kind of all found it a little differently or? Yeah, um, it was already established by the time that I came around. It was there before mm-hmm. Teresa, before Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of just been passed from person to person. Uh, whoever can kind of take it on and has the bandwidth at that time. Um, sure. At least that's how I've been told it's been going. Can you uh, or any of you? talk a little bit about you've been mentioning I'm just picking up in your terminology you know like paddling is that for stand-up paddle or is that kayaking rafting does it include everything um because you have the group of people that come out um I think Jen you had told me they come out on their paddle on their kayaks or their rafts or whatever when you get together yeah, paddling is a universal term for all disciplines. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. I just didn't want to assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all good. And then can you um, or any of you talk a little bit about the classifications that our river has to offer? Like you're talking about the upper, the lower, all that good stuff. Teresa started with sure. it. <laughs> Come on, Teresa. Go for it. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, um Whitewater runs on a scale of one to six predominantly, um, and that's how it's rated here in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, so one just being a ripple in the water, um, mm-hmm. and six being what we would consider unrunnable. Um, so think Niagara Falls. Um, <laughs> you would not take a watercraft down. That's not where you're taking me, right? No, no. So Richmond... <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> making so sure. at a regular, a regular James River level. Um, you know, what we see people out in the summer for the most part, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing up to probably class three most of the summer, but we have a natural flowing river here. Um, and we, we do have dams on this river, quite a few of them actually starting way up near the mouth and, and um, ending, I think the last dam is here, or I know the last dam is here in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yet our river is still free flowing. Um, the water passes over those dams. It's mm-hmm. not stopped. Like we don't have like a Hoover dam pooling up um, huge amounts of reservoir water above a dam. Um, so our river stays free flowing, which means it is subject to the weather. Um, and when we get a lot of rain out West, um, we see our river level rise. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of people aren't aware of that. And so they don't really understand that our river can change within a couple of hours. It can mm-hmm. spike and, and get really high. Um, and so at those levels, once once we start getting over uh, nine feet, we start talking about the river becoming more of a class four river. Anytime you're in that section from Reedy Creek mm-hmm. down to 14th Street. Um, and then above that, most people put on somewhere around Huguenot or mostly from Pony Pasture and run the river paddle down to Reedy Creek. And that's considered the upper. And that's predominantly class one, two. 
Okay. Um, but anytime the river gets high over nine feet, you start talking about, um, or, you know, sometimes like, like Berkeley was saying, she had a, um, a rough swim at seven feet. That's a fast moving, fast moving river. Um, especially for somebody that might not be experienced. And when the river rises, we start seeing wood come down the river. I mean, sure. we've seen pontoon boats get swept away. Wow. <laughs> we've seen jet skis come down. We have a, wow. Uh, yeah. So all kinds of things um, can come down the river and create hazards. Um, and so, you know, at higher levels, certainly, I don't know, y'all can chime in over 12, 13 feet. We start talking about certain features of the river becoming class five. Um, <laughs> in that, you know, a swim can, can be deadly. And so it's really important for folks to understand the river level and know where mm -hmm. to check. Um, we hear a lot of people say if the water's brown to stay out of it. Um, and that's a good kind of sort of indicator. But if you went down to the river, even last week, it was around five feet and it was brown. So it keeps people out, but mm -hmm. that's not necessarily the best indicator of, of the river level. And rapids are, so when, when we're talking about the rating of rapids, just so you know, um, the rating is based on the likelihood and the severity of an accident or something going wrong. Okay. Um, and so that's how we say like, okay, well now this is considered a class five because the likelihood of something going wrong and the likelihood of that resulting in like a severe consequence is higher. Um, so you could easily have a ripple that looks like nothing, but could be rated a class three or four if there's some sort of hazard in the water um, or you could have like massive waves but as long as they're just going straight down river it could be a class like two um, it's all just depending on the the degree of like challenge and consequence associated yeah there's i'll just add in here like there's four things that we think about when we assess the difficulty of a river that okay. is the volume of flow um, we have elevation loss uh, geomorphic makeup, so like the rocks in the river, and mm -hmm. then hazards like um, debris piles and things like that, dams like Teresa was talking about. Yeah, this is all the stuff that I did not know, which is fascinating. <laughs> but that's why I'm not going out on the river by myself. But yeah, this is great information. Um, and you had mentioned about, well, a couple things. I'm backtracking a little bit about the, the busy season so you said like like midsummer to the start of fall and I know Jen we had talked about really a great time of years in October to go as well but what do you guys how do you I mean I know you're on the river all the time so I guess you don't have a perfect season for that but yeah it really um, depends on who you ask I know I <laughs> yeah. let's, let's go with each of you then Jen when's your favorite time to go because it doesn't yeah the well the river's fluctuating all the time um got it we can't tell you like a specific time of like oh yeah like in 2018 august saw like nine feet um and sometimes we have like a three foot river in october and stuff so it just depends gotcha. on the rain flow and all of those things but i would say that the majority of the time we tend to uh encourage folks like if you really want to see like a, a bigger river and and bigger flows like the springtime when there's more rain um in our western watersheds uh that is the time to go and october is just because october is beautiful yeah it is <laughs> and the weather's great <laughs> that makes sense Teresa, same berkeley same yeah, yeah i mean definitely you know spring and fall um 
it's not too hot. The river water is not 95 degrees. There's usually a little more water in the river. Mm -hmm. um, I think summer is when we find the most people getting out on the river. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's what people associate the winter with or associate paddling with is the summer. Um, but, but definitely spring and fall um, when it's not too hot, you might still be in like a shorty which or a, a dry top, um, but have shorts underneath. So dry top just keeps you dry um, from the cold water. But yeah, definitely probably spring and fall. Very cool. Yeah, and, and winter is not bad to paddle in, in Richmond, too, because we're pretty lucky to have fairly mild winters. And <laughs> these days, they're so... <laughs> there's so much good gear you can use to stay warm in winter. Like I paddle with a dry suit, which is prohibitively expensive. However, it allows me to wear like a puffy jacket and a fleece under my puff, under my, my dry oh, suit wow. and stay dry. So I'm very warm in the winter. Um, and the reason why the river stays higher in the cold months is because the trees aren't sucking all the water out of the water table. Oh. So on average, the river is a, foot higher in the winter just because of that one factor alone um so i love winter paddling for those reasons but i mean the cold water is a lot to get used to and you definitely need um, pretty good gear in order to keep paddling through the winter comfortably mm -hmm. last year jen and i went kayaking when it was 28 degrees and then we couldn't get out of our gear because it was frozen <laughs> to our bodies <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> true that's true and that was here in richmond mm-hmm Mm -hmm. yeah. goodness that's awesome you had to thaw out first yeah <laughs> i yeah, think we we're like I'm... breathing on each other's like <laughs> buckles to try to get out <laughs> it worked <laughs> we're here today that's awesome yeah you are here today you made it out good for you i love that well speaking of gear let's talk about um we touched on it earlier that you guys uh james over women um received a grant right from department of wildlife resources yeah um that's awesome it was it was huge it was a game changer for the group as a whole um tom wilcox the director of engagement over at dwr reached out to us um in the fall of last year just being like hey like i'm looking at what you're doing i support it that's awesome like have you ever thought about applying for a grant and i was like well what what would we do with that like we're just a couple of uh like ladies getting together and paddling with the stuff we already have and it definitely um opened my eyes to be like hmm, maybe we can make this bigger than what it is and open open the door for other people who have the barrier of not being able to afford this stuff and um, you know, like we have friends all the time who don't paddle and we're like, yeah, like come with us. You know, we, we have gear you can borrow, um, personally speaking, but you can only do that so many times and it will sure. only fit so many people. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, uh, at that time we were like, okay, like we, we can handle this. Like, uh, there's only a few of us who help run the group, but, um, mm -hmm. collectively speaking, it's been, uh, helpful to pull other other uh, experienced kayakers and paddlers in to help um, when need be and who support the mission who can't be there all the time but give us their time when they can um, so yeah uh, after after we applied we got the grant which was awesome and we got the full amount which a lot of folks who apply for that grant get like a portion of it but we got the full thing That's which amazing. was 
Yeah, it was a lot. And so little by little, since we've gotten that, we've been collecting gear here and there um, and um, making it available to folks who sign up for the laps. It's been a learning moment for all of us. And we're just like, it's not perfect in any way. Like we're, we're slowly learning what works, what doesn't work um, every, every lap. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, congrats on the grant. That's huge because you guys have definitely put it to good use and are able to even introduce people more, more people to um, the whitewater experience, which is great. Um, Speaking of introducing people to the whitewater experience, (laughs) uh, I guess I kind of jumped on uh, with Jen about getting our group, our community to come out and have an experience with you guys. So super excited. Got a lot of good feedback. We did a hike a couple weeks ago and put that out. And I mean, I have a lot of people who are interested in, you know, if not able to make the first one, have an opportunity to come out and, and get with you guys on another occasion. But, um, so I think we talked about possibly doing a collaboration, uh, in October for, um, a rafting paddle correct maybe yes yes um <laughs> once we get a head count we would love to make that happen um we'll probably open the invitation to other yes, folks who want to join us yeah and, yeah yeah it'll be and great can you give us an idea of what to expect from that other than other than me being in, in one of y'all's rafts so <laughs> <laughs> so Jen, I'm like completely out of my comfort zone which I love to be out of my comfort zone but I'm like I gotta be in your raft so yeah yeah um we will be doing the lower section of the falls of the James it is going to be like class two three depending on the level um we're gonna be going uh, about like two and a half miles downstream to what Teresa was saying 14th street like where we take out Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be going through rapids, uh, like Hollywood and pipeline and things like that. And cool. before we go out, we definitely have a trip talk is what we call it at Riverside of mm-hmm. just like a, what to expect. And it's meant to educate, not intimidate, but we just kind of go over, um, what happens if you fall out of the raft, what, uh, what your job is, what our role in the boat is, um, things that you need to know, things that, uh, things you need to be looking out for. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll kind of go over that a little bit before we hop on the river. Um, but don't feel like you need to have any kind of experience. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, this is very intro to whitewater sitting in a raft and and participating that way. It's, it's, I think my favorite way to introduce people because it doesn't overwhelm them with like the okay, I need to get like my boat from here to there or whatever craft they're on separately. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a team effort. So um, we always say like you guys uh, as the paddlers in the boat work as the gas and the brakes. And then we are in the back steering the thing. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And then Berkeley and Teresa are going to be instigating us to go do something <laughs> further. <laughs> at some point. I feel like that was where we started with this whole thing. And that's what happened to you, Jen. But that's good. We're good. <laughs> it's all gonna be fine yeah. <laughs> but yeah so you did in this part of your grant you were able to like you had mentioned before you guys were able to mention um sorry purchase some gear and so if um 
people want to learn more, obviously I'm going to provide a lot of the different links and stuff like that to what you guys offer. And, and you get together weekly, typically. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> That's anyway, okay. we were all like, uh, uh. yeah, we try to host something weekly. Um, we've been predominantly doing upper laps. So um, at least two upper laps a month, it looks like is kind of been our trend recently and then a lower lap and a roll clinic is what we've been doing um, for the last month or so okay. um you know rolling's a big part of learning to kayak otherwise every time you flip over you're coming out of your boat and that's mm -hmm. um discouraging for people when they're learning but also it's a lot of work for folks too and so they're pulling their boat back up on shore and emptying all the water out of it it's a really natural part of learning how to kayak though um yeah that's intriguing to me yeah. So, so it's, you know, we, there's a saying in the, in the boating world, if you're not swimming, you're not learning. Mm -hmm. um, and, but, but folks, you know, do want to learn how to write themselves in the kayak. So that's also part of it. So we've been trying to have more of those role clinics. Um, mm -hmm. I think we've had two so far. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so continuing those and then, um, because like Berkeley was saying earlier, our upper laps are exploding. We have so many folks showing up to those. Um, and then the lower laps, like most of the folks already have their group. So they're a little bit smaller, but we try to still do one of those a month. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And then you also offer like a gear lottery for people who don't have the gear. Gear borrow. So whenever someone signs up for a lab, they can indicate if they want to borrow gear, which includes we have boats, paddles, helmets, PFDs, and skirts. We have everything they could possibly need. <laughs> Um, and since there's only so many of us and we only have so much of each of those things, um, there's a limit to how many people can borrow those sure. things. So yeah. it's kind of like a, we're using like a random number generator to figure out who is actually going to have that because right now we're having more people request those things than what we have available. Um, and also there's just kind of, we don't want to without more experienced paddlers out there helping us um mm -hmm. we don't want to have too many people who are brand new mm -hmm. because we want to keep a good ratio of experienced people who can look out and teach those new paddlers mm -hmm. to those new paddlers you know we don't we don't want to overwhelm ourselves and we don't want to leave anybody vulnerable by having too many new people out at one time no that makes perfect sense well that's great i love that so what has been well, I know Berkeley, you shared your kind of spook story about getting out and swimming and kind of scared you off for a little bit. What is one of the things that has been, I guess, the biggest challenge? And I'll, I'll go back to starting with you, Jen, I guess. Biggest challenge to getting out, oh, then 2017 being your best summer ever. Like, you know, what kind of <laughs> made you take that leap or kind of get over that fear? And, and you know, how has it uh, fulfilled you, I guess, maybe? Yeah. Um, so 2017 is when I got introduced to whitewater rafting, kayaking, paddleboarding. I didn't really start taking it seriously until probably like, like the end of 2019 is when I started doing it a lot more and treating it like a sport. Um, okay. I think when I got introduced to it and like there's just so many people in the community that we would all go out and what I would call like an ignorant amount of folks on the river. <laughs> like we're all just, we'd call it party laps and like, we'd all just be kind of hanging out. And I didn't really feel like I was 
um, getting better. Like I was getting more experience for sure, but I wasn't getting like technical. I wasn't like, right. Like I wasn't working on things. I wasn't skill building. I was like staying in my comfort zone. I was staying sure. in my lane. I wasn't really pushing myself. And so in 2019, I was like, hmm, like I feel like I could be taking this a little more seriously and um, making myself a little bit better than um, Very cool. what, I, what I'm working with right now. And so I started going out a lot more often. I started asking folks for tips. I started being more intentional about my paddling. Um, I've definitely had a number of swims. I can't even tell you how many swims <laughs> on, on every single rapid on the lower on different rivers. Um, and so it, it sets you back a little bit. It set me back a little bit. It would freak me yeah. out. And then I would have to like go into it starting from square one, at least is what it felt like mentally mm -hmm. speaking mm -hmm. um, and build myself back up there. Um, it yeah. is not an easy sport it is really really easy to be discouraged like white water is not something to take lightly it is it's scary it's freaky to like mm -hmm. new folks you know like mm -hmm. there's it's fast like uh like we were saying before depending on the level like there's a lot going on it's overwhelming um and you need to know the hazards and sometimes knowing the hazards is what mm -hmm. you kind of get stuck in your head and mm -hmm. that just becomes all what you think about when you're out there and then you're not enjoying yourself and you're not pushing yourself because you're like oh god like i don't yeah. want something bad to happen and you know like you stop trusting yourself in a way and so mm -hmm. my journey much like everyone else's has been a roller coaster. Like I have my good days. I have my bad days. I've had my days where I have straight up walked off the river. Cause I'm like, you know what? Not today. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going here today. Um, and that's okay. Uh, it is absolutely not something that is just like, cool. I'm going to uh, go out. And each day that I go out, I'm like, you know, making my way up this ladder. Like it doesn't work like that. And mm -hmm. I think, that is something that we try to definitely drill into people when they start getting introduced to this sport is just like, this is not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really easy to be like, I don't want to do this anymore because it's freaking me out and I'm just like not getting better. So it's annoying in another way. Um, and yeah, like once you understand that and you are okay with being like, I'm going to have good days and I'm going to have bad days then I feel like you are more, at least like in my world, I was more able to be like, okay, cool. If this does not form to be this perfect thing in my mind of like how I think this should go and I let go of my expectations on how I'm going to be performing, then I feel more able to approach it. It feels, um, it feels more attainable that way. It doesn't just feel so like, I don't know, as a perfectionist, I'm very much like it has to go in order and it has to be this way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think that's really, like, I'm listening to you describe this and it's very synonymous with just life. You know, you're going to have setbacks mm -hmm. and there's just every day it could be something and you have to step back or you have this overwhelming fear. Or you, it's not always going to be like a growth, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I love, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, Teresa, what does it mean? Yeah. What does it meant to you or what is your story with that? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot like Jen's, um, 
you know, it, it's frustrating at first because you get out there and you see these people um, just crushing it, right? And you're like mm-hmm. trying to keep in perspective that they've been doing it longer. Um, it doesn't come easily so much like Jen, you know, you start to wonder like, why am I not as good at this? And that there's a really dangerous culture. And I think that social media fuels a lot of that. Of course, of, yeah. Of going bigger <clears throat> and harder and faster. Um, I, I think it's also the danger of a, of a male dominated sport is that, mm-hmm. that there's that culture around it of, mm-hmm. you know, you're not trying hard enough. Right? And, and that's almost always self-doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like rarely in Absolutely. any lap was I surrounded by people that were, telling me, you know, you're not trying hard enough. You're not pushing hard enough. It was always gentle encouragement, but it's the stories we start to tell ourselves um, Mm -hmm. when we're out there, when we see things um, and we start to kind of project those onto ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. So early, you know, like Jen, when I first started, it was a lot of party laps. It was a lot of big groups coming out um, and, and everybody hanging out and you're making it down the river and, you're having swims and, and everybody's great, but in your head, you're like, I'm the burden, I'm bothering folks. Um, and mm-hmm. so it, it's really tough. I mean, there, there's a lot of things. And then you go online and you see these folks run in like giant waterfalls and you're like, well, someday I'll be able to do that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's also not reality for the majority of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also how you get yourself into dangerous situations is you try to keep up with expectations that you've placed on yourself that nobody else has, which mm-hmm. you're like, I've got to do these bigger and harder things to be a real boater. Um, and so I think what's so cool about James River Women is that, you know, I, I think we try to move away from that and we try to show people that paddling can be fun, whether you're paddling class one or you're paddling class five, there's, mm-hmm. there's different folks who are going to paddle different ways. And, you know, a day on the river is better than not a day on the river. And so mm-hmm. any way that you paddle it, is great. And, and so it took me a long time to kind of come to terms with that on my own. Um, definitely multi-year mental setback in there for me that took me a long time to get over. Um, But once I was able to push through that, it was actually during the pandemic and listening to some podcasts um, from the, I think it's called like the CW Collective out West and Mm -hmm. um, different paddlers here in the Southeast who had, had podcasts about you know, what fear really is, it's these stories we're telling ourselves in our head. And and when we get out on the river, we have to just see the facts, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's a rock, that's water, that's an eddy, instead of that's, that's a, that's a mistake, or that's something that's going to hurt me. Those Mm -hmm. are just stories. And to overcome our fear, we just have to see the facts. Um, And for me, also, getting out there and realizing you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to flip over when I, I don't want to. For so long, I was just so scared of flipping over because I wasn't mm-hmm. as confident that I'd always roll back up. Like Jen, swam every inch of this river, even in the flat water sometimes. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, it's just part of it. And seeing them as deposits in our bank instead of withdrawals and, and Love that. seeing the positive in every move that we make, even when we mess it up. What did I do well there? What did I learn there? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been helped me grow infinitely in the last couple of years from where I was in my first couple of years of voting. I love it. Yeah. I think, I think that especially as women or, you know, if I'm identifying um, the inclusivity of the sport and knowing that you're going to have the fears, the insecurities, and you feel like you have these expectations, but being with, um, 
surrounding yourself with the James River women just feels a little bit different to me. I mean, the community that you have or continued to support, it sounds very supportive instead of um, having expectations or having the huge competitive edge, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely say that, you know, when, uh, Adam said to me years ago, you know, you should paddle with the women. I, I didn't know what that meant at the time, but right. um, it, it's definitely been a huge part of my progression and building my mm -hmm. confidence is paddling with folks who get out there and they want to see me flourish. They, they want to see me grow and get better. Mm -hmm. um, and that's such a positive and uplifting part of what we try to do at James River Women is just get women out there and, and helping them see really like the beauty and the fun and, and what being on the river is and um, having them focus on their own personal growth and, and moving away from kind of that competition. And not to say competition's bad, but just no, moving away from that constantly like competitive mindset when it comes to some sports and just getting out there for the love of it. Well, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> I love hearing you guys talk about this. Berkeley, do you want to jump in and share anything? I'm not trying to give, I want to make sure each of you has a chance to talk about what the paddling means to you. <laughs> I could literally talk about learning how to kayak for hours. <laughs> so I'll just try to like distill it a bit. Um, you know, the, everyone learns how to do things differently. And I think that's really important to keep in mind with whitewater. Um, there's a lot of opinions out there about like, what is the right way to learn how to kayak or like, how should it look for certain people? Okay. Um, but ultimately, everyone's going to learn in their own way. Everyone's going to have their own learning curve and learning trajectory. There's no way to really like predict it. Um, and people are going to have a lot of opinions that they're giving you. And mm -hmm you don't have to subscribe to that. You know, like if you are somebody who wants to just get really comfortable in the James and like, you're good with that. Great. If you're someone who wants to really nail all of like the fundamental skills of kayaking, great. Like, cool. Good for you. If you're someone who wants to adventure and explore and get on other rivers and like challenge yourself, like, cool. Like whatever you want to do is fine. Um, I think the only thing that really matters is that you're doing it in a safe way and mm -hmm it's that's kind of hard to learn um it's hard to learn your skill level and what you're capable of mm -hmm. and then on the flip side it's hard to learn to trust your skill level mm -hmm. um i think a lot of us we we get to a point with our skill that we're good we can do a lot but we kind of hold ourselves back because we're not confident in our own skill level um and then also sometimes we get a little overconfident and we put ourselves in situations that maybe aren't the safest too soon too soon yeah <laughs> Well, that makes sense. Huh. Well, I am um, super excited that you guys took time out of your schedules to do this. I know, Jen, you're in the middle of a move, and Teresa, you're in the middle of your your work day. And Berkeley, you're, you're on vacation. Gonna go I know, but it's like pouring down right here. <laughs> oh, it is? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, but you'll get on the beach, hopefully, tomorrow then. <laughs> do, you do, do you do any paddle on, like, in the ocean? Just Personally, no, just because it's kind of boring in my opinion <laughs> but I don't hate on it if someone likes that <laughs> no, okay. I was just curious um well I am excited so we're gonna get together and figure out y'all schedules for an October paddle with the James River women and it, obviously we talked about not just being um exclusive to she apps out but we would love to have anybody come out any female adventurer um or identifying adventurer who wants to come out and join us. So stay tuned for dates on that.
And um, I would love to, I'll link up um, all of your information so that if people have an opportunity or want to come and check you out um, at any time, um, find a way to get in touch with you guys. Yes, please do. Okay. Anything else that I'm leaving out that you guys want to jump in and share regarding James River women or just in general, other than Berkeley's going to try and get us all in a kayak before too long? <laughs> I guess all of you would, because Jen, you started out with just, uh, what, in the rafting, but then you jumped and went into the kayaking. You said that's the thing you love the most. Yes. Yeah, uh, per Berkeley's recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> Berkeley's name keeps popping up here. So. <laughs> this kayaking just gives you like the most flexibility and freedom. It's 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 harder to learn than a lot of the other water sports, but you can do a lot with it. So, so that's why that's your, is that is that each of your choices? Is you prefer the kayak over one hundred percent? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And is it because of the individual, like, amount of control you can have on your own? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're so, so playful. Fun. You can do so much in a kayak. It's just, they're so fun. Yeah. I, th I mean, Jen, I, I know I told you this, but that's, like, my, like, a little bit claustrophobic fear about mm -hmm. the kayak situation. But I've never been in one, so. Yeah, and that's okay. Like, we can we can have you start out, you know, like on a sit on top, like if that's more of your flow and you're like, I'm not ready to get strapped into like a sit in kayak, like that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. But we're going to get you <laughs> the strapped in one eventually. <laughs> yeah. Understood. Yeah. No, that's yeah. exciting. I'm super excited about it. So thank you guys for your time today. I'm going to wrap us up here pretty quick so you can go on about your day. Um, so James River Women, I'm going to provide links to all of their information uh, in our show notes as well as our social media. So check them out and give them a follow. And um, until we are able to adventure together again, stay well, stay safe, and stay strong and get outside. Um, Jen, Teresa, and Berkeley, thank you guys for your time today. It was awesome talking to each of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Awesome.